welcome to Players Pod. It's Monday, 27th of July. The season has finished, but we still have lots and lots to talk about. My name is Ben, and joining me as always is Andrew. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very good, mate. How about you? Yeah, I'm good as well, thank you. Uh, we, we're going to uh, spend some time just recognising what a great season that was that we've just experienced as, uh, as Sheffield United fans in this podcast. We're obviously going to talk about... Uh, the final day defeat to Southampton as well, but overall, uh, I think I think this season deserves to be recognised for what it was. Really, as a, a great achievement, I think you agree with that. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it was weird yesterday. I, I sort of, I, I, I was sort of fighting fires a little bit on the S two forum uh, to a certain <laughs> degree with people like, and I understand like people worrying about next season with the last three. But for me, and everyone takes it differently, but for me, I just think it's time even if it's just for a week, just to enjoy what we've achieved. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell people what to uh, what to think no, exactly. and feel, obviously, but my advice is, yeah, don't get ahead of yourself thinking about the summer and, uh, and next season. I think this one should be savoured first. I mean, it is, you know, it's uh, the the best season uh, of our lifetime, I think, isn't it? 19, uh, what was it, 1974-75 was the, the, the last time we finished higher than this. Ninety one, ninety two. We finished the same position, yeah. And there, uh, but before that, we were talking seventy five, seventy six. Which Wednesday fans continually keep telling us on Owls Talk. I've, I've discovered today. Someone linked me to uh, their thread, and us, and they're all laughing at us for finishing ninth. So you know, how the other half live. <laughs> <laughs> I think in uh, in ninety two, we played four more games as well, didn't we? It was uh, twenty two yeah. team league. So I think I think. I don't want to. I don't want to. This sounds like I'm going to say football didn't exist until the Premier League, but I do think it's harder to finish top ten now than it was back then as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's harder than it was the last time we we're in the Premier League. To be yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah. Before we properly get started, uh, I just wanted to. I mean, mentioned him on this podcast before, but got to give a shout out to uh, to Blades fan James Kemp, who, uh, as, as you as well, fully aware. I'm sure a lot of people are fully aware. He has been cycling, or indeed has cycled, to every single one of United's away games this season. Yeah, I can't stress. It's incredible. Obviously, when Amazing. the lockdown happened, I thought, I, I, I'll be honest, I completely forgot he was doing it. And then I saw him outside Villa Park the first game. I was like, what's he doing? Oh, it's him. <laughs> and of course, what a way to... lockdown. <laughs> what a way to finish as well. Um, I think he, you know, a couple of days, but all the way down to Southampton for the uh, the last leg yeah. of this incredible effort. He was obviously doing it to um, to raise money for the, the children's hospital charities. Raised over £12,500. Um so he's met his target of 10,000. But, yeah, an absolutely incredible effort by James. Um, you know, you think, like, cycling down to Brighton on, what was that, like the middle of December or something like that, like horrific yeah. weather, you know, he's, he's definitely um, put himself through the mill uh, in the name of charity. And, yeah, absolutely hats off to you. Um, if people still want to donate, which you can do, uh, it's a Just Giving site. Probably the best thing to do is, uh, well, I guess search James Kemp on uh, on just giving or you find him on twitter it's kemp underscore james or search the hashtag blade on a bike and uh yeah you will find him there see if we can add to that twelve and a half thousand pounds because yeah amazing effort by him for a great cause as well so definitely wanted to uh give him a little hat tip before we start this one um yeah, so well deserved, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to give him an alternative man of the match actually. So you've, you've stolen my thunder there. But, yeah. <laughs> it deserves <laughs> it deserves a non a non silly recognition, I think. So <laughs> That's very true. Very so very true, yeah. we're going to do it here. Um, one other thing: uh, the obviously the end of the season means the end of the fantasy 
Premier League season. So if you're one of the 462 people who entered the Blades Pod FPL League, uh, then we all, we all bow to Ben Reimer, who is the manager of the team Alan Cook was bald. It's a great team name. <laughs> Who uh, a dramatic last day victory actually. He uh, he outscored the second place team on the final day of the season to win the whole league by one single fantasy point. So great, Excellent. great job by Ben Reimer. And um, yeah, I came forty second. I'm quite pleased with that. Of four hundred and sixty orders, I said. Too bad that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be. I'll join it next season. I'll be involved. So watch out. I've uh, I've got a, a very very bad record in fantasy league. Uh, to be honest, but you know, you never know. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think you owe it to the owe it to the people to uh, get involved. There's some some great yeah. team names here in here as well. If if anyone's not scanned down the list of teams, I, I particularly like Men Behaving Chadley. That's a good one. And Giroud Awakening as well is good. There's uh, th- there's a few less work safe ones that I'm not going to repeat on here. So yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my favourite one that I ever come up with was Outer Milan. Really proud of that one. Outer Milan. Yeah, I like that one. But uh, so that I'll is... try to think of another one this this, this year. But uh, next season, should I say? But... <laughs> that, that is spectacular. But yes, congratulations to Ben. It's good to know that if uh, if if this Ben could not win it, then a different one did instead. So well done, Ben Reimer. Um, right, let's talk uh, about yesterday's game. Um, I suppose first of all, we have to say RIP to the uh, winning at half time, not losing at full time. Start. I'm quite happy about that. If we're going to lose that. <laughs> lose it in this game I'm sick of seeing it just because I always think why are you showing that why are you showing that <laughs> really it's, it bothers you that much it's it just like I just hate it's like when Keith Edwards on Radio Sheffield will say these have done nothing they're not dead and it's 1-0 <laughs> <laughs> it, it just reminds me it's like you set it you, you know it's fate that you're putting that up and we're going to do it funnily enough I don't think they did put it up at half time did they in this one no I don't think so um, I definitely as soon as they equalised I was like mm, this could be the one I think cause, yeah yeah obviously Last game of the season, we'd got, um, I think we've got Zivkovic and uh, Sharp up front at this point. Yeah. Obviously missing a few other players as well. But yeah, the uh, the 99th attempt, or rather uh, 98 completed times, we've yeah. been winning at half-time and not lost at full-time. Would have been nice to get to 100, to be fair. It would, yeah. But 98 and out, it's a, it's a decent effort. Spanning about three different managers as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, not, it's not a... I don't know, it's just a really, it's like a quirk in it rather than anything else, I think. I think so, yeah. It's, uh, it would be interesting. I, I, I bet there's other teams that have got at least that as well, to be honest. Just... You'd have thought Man United as well. Is it something like seven years since they were winning at half-time at Old Trafford and lost or something like that? Uh, probably, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what, what's your overall thoughts on uh, on this defeat? A 3-1 defeat. Finish the season with three straight defeats, obviously. But, uh, yeah, your, your your first take on it? I thought the first half, we were back to some sort of form. I thought we played really well. First half an hour in particular, I thought we were really good and we could have been three up mm. on another day. Uh, I thought, I thought, oh, you know, this is this is really a really good end of like sort of second half. I think we just, we sort of, we tight. I think once they, they equalised, we, we were already a bit knackered, obviously, and everything from the season. I know people say, well, everyone's exactly the same, but I think we've had a lot of a lot of blows and stuff this year. There's obviously people who aren't fit playing, you know, or a half fit with Knox, as Wilder alluded to. We've had the same sort of squad all season. It's been a long season. And then, you, we, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, you, you're 2-1 down and you're trying to chase a game with Zikovic and Leon Clark up front in a Premier League game. It's, <laughs> it's uh, it were always going to be difficult. But, yeah, I, th- I think Southampton definitely deserved it. But on another day, we're going 3-0 up at half-time. So. Yeah, uh, I was actually... Stunned when I saw that they had, I think it was seventy three percent possession. Mm. I was like, "Whoa, really? I can't believe yeah. that!" But 
but yeah, um, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say they probably uh, did deserve it overall. But yeah, we did create some really good chances, didn't we? Particularly in that first half, and it, there was a good kind of end of season feel about it with some of the mistakes at the back that Southampton yeah, were making, and obviously their uh, their first two goals come from. Uh, Kind of mistakes from us as well, I think, or or sort of a little bit of a break of run of the ball kind of thing. I really enjoyed that first half. I, that we were saying like it's really end to end. It was sort of it was like I say it was like a, I mean sometimes pre season end of season games can feel like just pre season games where they're just knocking it about. But I thought mm. we were quite you know quite end to end sort of football, and it was a really exciting game. And I thought once Southampton got the equalizer, they're only one team we're going to win it and I think we didn't really have the fight in us which is understandable I, you know there's nothing really to play for and stuff and uh, no crowd and all that sort of stuff I think we just sort of I'm not saying we gave up that's that's not fair but I don't think we really cared that much about getting back into it if that makes sense I think the I think the thinness of our squad has definitely come to light in the last that, few games that, I mean it's you know it's well, easy that to bench. Say- before the game, that bench. I don't know if I messaged you or if someone else I messaged and I said that's got to be the weakest bench, like in, in the in the league this season, including Norwich. I think we've had worse. I reckon the new maybe Newcastle away was worse. There was yeah. definitely one where I was like, oh, jeez. So what was our bench yesterday? Uh... Well, obviously we're missing McGoldrick and Moose, and we've only got and O'Connell five strike. Yeah, and O'Connell as well. Uh, I suppose the midfield were back, whereas they weren't in. Yeah, so that bench yesterday is Jagielka, who uh, I believe is his contract expires at the end of the season, doesn't it? And we've not made any noises about renewal. Uh, Norwood, I guess, was rested for this one. Freeman, we're letting go. Osborne, fine. Leon Clark, we're letting go. Simon Moore, you would think, is probably not going to be here next season. Yeah. Rodwell, we're letting go. Zivkovic, we're letting go. So what was that? One, two, three, four, five out of our eight players, because we didn't name a full bench. Who are, who are not going to be with us next season. And realistically, they're not going to be Premier League players, are they? No, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I was like, you know, pretty... It was hard for me to be too fussed about losing this game when we finished with Clark and Zivkovic up front, to be honest. I, I laughed my head off. Uh, I think one of my mates texted me and he said, uh, Leon Clark's coming on for Billy Shaw. What year am I in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of what year are we in? What about Billy Sharp with the with the pace to uh, get oh, on really? the end of that pass? I was like, yeah. whoa! Where did that come from? I don't know whether Vestergaard is just really, really slow. Imagine Moose against him. Bloody hell, that'd have been amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Lundstrom slides that ball down the side, and uh, Sharp not only outpaces but outmuscles Vestergaard as well. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Sharp missed a couple of one-on-ones in this game. Yeah. It's very uncharacteristic. That's his main asset, and this is why you know if we're going to play a rate, and I give him a low rating because I think his all-round play wasn't that bad. But his main asset is to get his goals. Mm. That's what he's there for. That is his. That's his thing, <laughs> scoring goals. And I think he missed two really good chances. Yeah, what, what do you think happened with this one? With the first one, I, I think he were in two minds over to shoot or pass it to McBurney, and I think mm. he left it too late for either. Really. I think the gatekeeper came out and he was like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And I, I, it was sort of a weird cross shot thing. I don't know. What do you think? It pretty much that. I, I'm pretty sure he was looking for McBurney like his head were up. Mm. But um, the defender did well to sort of block the pass off or the, the the route to the pass. And then, yeah, I think Sharp just suddenly realised, oh, no, I've run out of space and time here. And Yeah. But in, in some ways, I, I agree that that is to his uh, discredit, I think, because... 
Billy Sharp scores goals, doesn't he? Like, yeah. you know, Sod McBurney, you're one-on-one, put it in the back of the net. That's what you do. That's what you've done your whole career. So I was convinced they were going to score. I mean, after I thought, was he offside? Were it a foul? Because it were almost sort of, that's not that's not what Billy Sharp does, that. Did it, has, he see, has he heard something? Or, yeah, Yeah, and then the second one in the second half as well, where the keeper just passed it straight to him and he tried to, yeah. tried to take it round him onto his weaker foot. Again, I know he's, you know, it wasn't that close in, was it? It was probably at the edge of the box when the kind of best nah. shooting opportunity was. But all the same, like, you've got to, I think you've got to get you've got to score that. I think keep us out of his net. You know, you, all it takes is a little chip. I mean, I can't do it, but <laughs> but he's made a career out of it. So yeah, that that's was it, uh, yeah. that was a bit surprising. And um, that's the thing as, as as much as I thought Southampton dominated with the ball, particularly the second half. I think I mean there were Lundstrom chance as well. McCarthy pulled a fantastic save off. That's mm. well, that's four well, that's four goals, including the goal itself. Yeah, we only had five shots in the whole game, but uh, three of them were were big chances. And um, yeah, very you know, if, considering we've you know gone goalless the last couple of games and created very very little, it was it was quite novel to be honest. Even if you know mm. some of it owed a little bit to poor defending on uh, on Southampton's yeah. part. Um, yeah, McCarthy, really good game from him. As I say, fairly you know didn't have that much to do, but some. Brilliant saves, even though he did. Also, some odd moments for him, like the, the, the yeah. chance where we, he passed it to Sharp, but obviously in the second, the second half, where we sort of tried to take him on. And then obviously the the handball things, you know, at the edge of the area. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was a proper end of season, like what are you doing kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah, I don't think it was handball, by the way. Did you it look like it was at, no, at, no, no, no. at worst on the line, which is obviously part of the penalty area? I don't know if you saw from the um, the replay where you could see the United bench, like they all erupted. I thought. Um, McBurney was sort of sat with his feet up and then he like stormed to his feet. I thought we were going to come running on the pitch to protest. I heard the noise. Nice. Really well because we had Jeff on. Uh, I, I, this is why I, I can't really do a very sort of massive analysis about this game. I might say some things that are completely wrong because I was sort of one eye on Jeff and one eye on United as well. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I had Leicester Man U on a different screen, but. Uh, the blades are my main main focus. To be fair, just yeah. to have a quick quick look over whenever there was a break in play. Um, Lundstrom is good again. He scored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get that out of contract. That. That'll do. To be fair, I think it was a good first half. He could have had two. <clears throat> I did say when he scored the, the goal. That is the and I said it on the pod I think last week that he is probably the the one midfielder we've got who runs into the box and gets onto the end of those chances. Mm, yeah, completely. Um, and you know, yeah, it, you know that that goal. Just owed everything to that, didn't it? The, you know, it wasn't yeah. like um, you know a good bit of skill or movement or anything. It was just him being that extra body in the box to uh, distract the defenders and and, and we the definitely chance. like that for me when Berger plays in that role. I don't think he's got that attacking instinct as Lundstrom has. Um, yeah. Got more attributes than him, uh, different attributes than him. But and then, and again, he could have scored after that with a very similar sort of run into the box. Yeah, and that was a really good save actually. The the goal. Um, yeah, McCarthy almost saved it, but yeah, Lundstrom does stick it away. But that, um, I thought he did really well with that second chance, actually. Like, just, you know, sort of one touch and then smash it with the left foot. I mean, I know it's it's in that sort of range where it's like close enough, you're kind of thinking he should have scored from that, really. But I, I'm not sure what else he could have done. He hit it pretty much as well as he could have done, I think. And yeah, McCarthy just made a really good save. But yeah, as you say, that is a, you know, that is an attribute of his, isn't it? That we don't really possess many any other place in the team like I think Fleck can get into the box but that's not really how he plays is it yeah yeah that, that's it I mean yeah Fleck, Fleck's a different sort of getting into the box I think he sort of runs with the ball doesn't he rather mm. than sort of just arrive he doesn't arrive late like Lundstrom does 
Um, and yeah, I mean, he's nothing like Frank Lampard, but if you get what I mean, you're like Lampard mm. used to do for England in that sort of, where's he come from? You know, he pops up in the box and gets a goal. There's a definite skill to it. And um, yeah, I think if Lundstrom does go or we improve, that's something that, yeah, we, if we're looking for another midfielder, we could do with that, I think. Yeah, particularly as a team that doesn't create too much or score many goals, as it is, I suppose. Um, I mean, you know, I was being a bit facetious when I said Lundstrom is good again. Um, I was just doing the like, he scored a goal, therefore he's great. Uh, that is okay, and it's certainly better than he's been in the last couple of appearances anyway. He seems to have lost the ability to head the ball to a teammate. Have you noticed this the last couple of games? Like, every time he tries to head a ball, it just sort of loops up yeah, in the air. Yeah, I've not until you said it, and now I'm like thinking back and like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like almost, I mean, he's under a little bit of pressure, obviously, but not like he's challenging for a 50 50 or anything, but just these like really weird, loopy headers. So, yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. to work on in the summer. Um, yeah, second half, I mean. The first goal is a, a terrible goal to concede all round, really. Isn't it? I mean, it it just bounces off about four players. Actually, they've given the assist to the Southampton player, but I'm pretty sure this is like a slide tackle by Berger. It's, it's an incredible sort of slide, like a sensible soccer style slide tackle from uh, uh, from Berger. I think that just goes like like a rocket straight to, straight into our own area. Yeah, Jay Adams runs onto it, and then he takes it early, and it just sort of just floats past Henderson. I mean, you know, I just have to say, pretty bad goalkeeping, really, isn't it? I've got to say, I, I would say that myself. I think there's definitely... Henderson's not the finished article. I think we'd all agree with that. And I, and I personally think if you're going to pick an England goalkeeper at the moment, I'd go for Nick Pope rather than Henderson. I just think he's more developed. Mm. And I think these front, these near-post goals that Henderson lets in, he's, that's not the first time that's happened. Yeah, my dad said that as well, and I don't really know. I can't say I noticed it hugely, but I'm not saying it's not true. I just haven't personally noticed it. But um, I'm sure if I, you know, there's an easy way to rectify that, just look back through all my games. <laughs> I just haven't got around to doing it yet. Um, but yeah, that was that was weak, to be honest. I, I don't know if he was trying to tank his value to Man United so he'd get another season on later. Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought that. Was, I mean, obviously, he did it against West Ham. Um, Joe and Snodgrass scored. Yeah, although that was a weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he sort of. I don't know. I think he should have done better. I'm not saying he should have definitely saved it or anything like that, but he was nowhere near it, were he? I think he should have saved it. I think he will. I think he will think he should have saved it as well. I mean, the the one thing you would say is that Adams Adams takes it really early, like Mm. surprisingly early, um, which is credit to him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've said that about about Moussa actually this season that he shoots quite early. it does catch keepers before they're set. Um, but yeah, I thought nobody uh, <laughs> nobody comes out of that goal with much credit, to be honest, apart from uh, apart from Shea Adams. I can't think you can say Southampton, you know, they didn't have the ball under control. It was just uh, pinballing around. It'd be interesting to see if we'd have held out for an extra 10 minutes or something like that, what would have happened. I think we'd have still made the same changes. So I think it would have still been difficult to hold on. But, you know, when you're defending a lead rather than it's 1-1 and you're not really sure what do we do here. And then Southampton obviously took the initiative after that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, take the lead when uh, Cal Walker-Peters uh, has a shot on his left foot and it hits Basham uh, in in the uh, in the chest, I suppose. Knocks him over and rebounds straight to Adam Zou. One touch, goal. A lucky goal, I think, in a way, that one. He just bounced yeah. to him. It could have gone anywhere. But I thought he summed up Basham's day. I thought that was probably Basham's worst performance of the season, actually. Did you see the effort from Basham, though, on his, uh, on his hands and knees trying to get his body in the way after he'd been knocked over? I don't think it did actually. I remember that. <laughs> you know, immediately after this, it hits him in the chest and rebounds to Adams, and he's I like, have, "I think I must have just been throwing my arms in the air and I missed that." He's <laughs> <laughs> almost like crawling towards it to try and block it. My favourite but... moment of him was that lunge he had in the first half, where he got absolutely skinned. 
I don't remember though. What was that? Oh, I can't remember what Southampton player it was. I, I, oh, can't remember it was. But it was the first half, he was running like down the the left hand side. Basham could run out for guys, going to nail him. Just goes, just looks like it was flying past him. <laughs> Basham just left like left, completely stranded on the floor. But yeah, I think that was Basham's worst game. But he's played it almost every single minute since lockdown. I'm not going to blame him. Yeah, I think uh, sorry earlier. I think he's only missed 155 minutes all season. Um, he's obviously started every single game, and it's a really tough role in it that he plays. Let's be honest. Absolutely right. Um, the Guardian, I have him on their short list of players of the season. Actually, I think there's five mm-hmm. or six players, and uh, Chris Basham is among that exalted company. So, yeah, Excellent. great for him. Um, and then the third goal is a penalty after uh, uh, Ings gets tripped by Norwood. He looks very sheepish. In the in the penalty area, and then uh, Ings sticks it away himself. Um, what do you do? You think he should have let Adams take the penalty for the hat trick? I think he wanted the golden boot, didn't he? Uh, yeah. But uh, wouldn't he have had to get another two after this? I think. I think two, maybe one more goal to tie. I think he's so. It's an un- I don't know. It's a weird one. I mean, uh, I think I suppose- all the, a lot of Southampton fans on the forum before were saying all they're really playing for is trying to get Ings that golden boot. Hmm. So I suppose it might maybe a bigger thing in Southampton than it, it, it probably was to, to the neutrals, if you know what I mean. So I wasn't that surprised, but a good penalty. Yeah, he's missed quite a few this season, hasn't he? I suppose, mm. if, including one against uh, Bournemouth the other week. Yeah. Um, I suppose if he's the if he's the number one penalty taker, then it kind of makes sense. And and also, um, I'm I'm not one of these United you know, fans who has any beef with uh, Che Adams at all, uh, and I would love for us to sign him and for him to I come do back to the <laughs> But But that said, I would not have been best impressed if he scored, like, probably his first career hat-trick, maybe, I yeah, think it would yeah. have been. Well, I think he's only got three goals this season, I think, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, it's, yeah, it can't be. That would have been four and four or five, I think. I guess, uh, yeah, I remember one of the Southampton fans were saying like halfway through the game. So just when I look at get the view from, how uh, I many is he off the golden boot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got against Man City, Bournemouth. I don't know if he got another one as well. So yeah, it takes him to four or five. Um, and then yeah, that that was that really. I was it was kind of like just, please don't yeah, lose. So, sorry, it's four. Yeah, four goals. I see four and thirty. Yeah, I was like, please don't lose four one. Like three one, I'm I'm absolutely fine with four one. Is that's actually that's actually quite an annoying way to end the season. I was really um, disappointed. Leon never got a chance towards the end to be completely honest. They were across him, weren't they? Yeah, but he completely <laughs> missed his head. I don't know what. I like jumped up. Like I say, what? <laughs> I know. I was almost off my sofa at that as well. Even though it would have been a ridiculously hard chance to finish yeah. off with miles out. Um, would you like to guess how many times Zivkovic touched the ball in the 40-plus minutes he was on the pitch? Three. It's exactly three. Yeah, Great guess. Yeah, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> we write him down. I, I really thought, but I mean, that's coming on the back of... I mean, he must have had about 10 touches since lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I think apart from the... Um, Wolves game where he did. The Wolves did, game. Yeah, yeah, where he obviously got a bit more time. I mean, it's hard for him. He's coming on in games where we're knackered and we're not playing well and stuff. I'm not... Not, I'm not going to write him off as a footballer, but I don't think we've seen anything that suggests that he's going to be here next year. Yeah, nothing that suggests he's close to Premier League level, to be honest. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, and that's this is that kind of thing with the. <clears throat> excuse me. I know we've obviously finished quite comfortably above Southampton uh, points wise, if not um, position wise. We finished twelfth in the end of the yeah. Eleventh, okay. So yeah, because Everton lost, so. That's right. So, oh, it was only uh, only two points and two places behind us, I suppose. So, um, but my my so the point I'm trying to embark upon here is their individual quality is is far better than what we have, and yep. and this is 
I think this is kind of what Wilder means when he says that, you know, these are championship and League One players and when he goes on about how we have to play at our max and stuff. I mean, Danny Ings got 21 goals. I mean, how many has McBurney got this season? Six? Six, is it? Yeah, six. Yeah, and he's well, had... we're not laughing at Shea Adams, sorry, but we're laughing at what the Southampton fans are saying. Oh, how far is he off Golden Boot? Well, there's only two behind McBurney. who's our top goal scorer, him and Moose. Yeah, uh, Ward Prowse is class. They were talking about him leaving, actually, which was news to me, that this was going to be his last game for them before he... Well, apparently they're in a bit of financial trouble, aren't they? <clears throat> I don't know. That's... Somebody said somebody posted something yesterday where, basically, if they don't get some sort of funds put in soon, they're going to have to sell the best players, which is what Southampton do, in fairness. Mm. Uh, and they do seem to invest really well with the money that they make from it. So I don't think it's all... Rose was down there, but I never got any sense of that looking at the forum, to be completely honest. There were no mention there about War Prowse leaving or, or any uh, imminent sales or anything. Yeah, the commentator just chucked it out there and he's saying, like, you know, Everton are understood to be interested. I was like, well, they all <clears> leave to go to Everton. Like, I'd rather play for Southampton than Everton. Yeah. No, no offence yeah, to Everton. I, I, really, I think Southampton are far better than Everton. I think it's like with the Villa thing, we'll come on to Villa later and people saying, oh, they'll spend another 200 million and stuff. And I imagine Villa will be better, but there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think Southampton are a much better trajectory than Everton are for sure. I um, think Southampton are definitely a top ten contender. You know, to be where we are, for instance, next season easily. I think yeah, I think that absolutely has to be the ambition for them. Um, I would shout out Redmond again. Uh, I mentioned I talked about him yeah. earlier in the season. He, he's probably I, I don't know. He's one of my sort of. Uh, favorite least fashionable players, I suppose. In terms yeah, of yeah. Like... I saw someone after actually on uh, one of the Facebook groups saying. What we need to do, straight after the game, put a bid in for that Redmond. It's like, yeah, it's not going to happen, mate. But <laughs> It's really not. But, it, you know, if we can find a few players like yeah. him, that would do us the power of good ease. Interesting, Wilder's, Wilder's interview after, he said we, he mentioned the, the need for mobility and speed, didn't he? Mm. Which is the same thing, I think, really. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think he, he meant, So, I think all these, we, the complaints at United, and understandably, are we do lack pace and physical, you know, that physical uh, presence and stuff like that. In terms of box to box midfielder, if you like, and then Didi sort or whatever we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I think, you know, you're looking at Redmond as being that that sort of player that we definitely like since Brooks has gone, basically. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's weird with Redmond. He's played 32 games, he's only scored four goals this season and only four assists as well. But he just, he, he just, he's just really, really good. <laughs> I really like watching him. You know, I'd love to have some players like that who can, you know, just yeah. almost effortlessly dribble past people and, Really quick feet, really. So, you, know, you think like with our sort of uh, organisation and the defence and stuff mixed with those sort of couple of flair players that Southampton have got, I think you've got a genuine top six, seven side there. I think so as well. I think if you mixed, uh, yeah, a few of those attackers with our defence and well Henderson in goal and uh, the sort of base of our midfield, if you like, yeah, I think that's a fantastic team. Um, One of my mates actually said, like, he's, I think he's 33, and he said, uh, um, I, f- I feel like Redmond's been playing since I were at school. He does seem to have been around quite a lot, and he's still yeah. fair. He's only 30. I don't know, is he... I thought he was even young. I think he was like 25 or something. Is he? Yeah, he's yeah, 26. Oh, I'm way off, yeah. He does, I don't know why. Has there been another Redmond? I don't know, he just seems to have been around for age. I know exactly what he meant. He, he did make his debut in... He made his debut 10 years ago, so it would have been like 17 or something, or maybe even younger, actually, 16. Wow. Yeah, we're at Norwich, weren't he, for a while, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I only remember him as from Birmingham. I don't actually remember him playing for Norwich, <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he is class. And uh, yeah, Southampton are very good, and they have uh, the individual talent to kind of... Uh, 
punish a team that are running on empty and you know are running out players who aren't going to be playing for us next season. Well, this is the thing. I think I've heard people say it's same. It's the same for everyone. All these games in a short period. I do think it affects us more because we do we do lack the quality that other teams have, and yeah. the way we win games is purely on sort of. The, the the fitness and the the in, the mentality of the organisation, if you know what I mean. If you switch mm. off a little bit from those, and that's you know, you look at Southampton for instance, they might have been knackered yesterday. Of course they were, but they've still got players like Redmond or even Che Adams or Ings. Even you know, who can just do something. We don't have that player yet. Yep, completely agree. That is, I think we talked about it after maybe the Leicester game or something like that, um, or maybe Everton actually. But yeah, that's. That has to be the evolution for us. I think like that's the thing that we're missing for sure. We've got the we've got the basis of a good Premier League team here, like a, 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 literally a base you can build up from uh, yeah, 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 from yeah. defence and midfield. But yeah, we're just just lacking a bit. Not only individually, I think, but maybe tactically in terms of like creating more chances. And yeah, I mean, when, when we go behind, I know we've come back and got draws in games, particularly in the season. But I think that were, I think Moose being on fire for that two. Two months was huge for us, to be honest. In that, in that, even when he was coming on uh, off the bench, which he often did, mm. it was like, right, well, he's going to cause him loads of problems. When he went off the boil, you look around and there's not really much to change, is there? And sort of, you know, try to try and get back into games. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, on the subject of Moussa, because um, we did talk about him last week after uh, after Wilder no commented his uh, mm-hmm. absence. Uh, it's he's expanded on that and uh, yeah, congratulations, Lise and uh, and his partner, who uh, yeah celebrated the the birth of his first child this week, and that is yeah. indeed why he is uh, absent from the team at the moment. It's Somebody said, uh, why did he say no comment, Wilder? And someone said it might have been Wilder's kid, and he didn't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, rumors, Come on. <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, yeah, so we've uh, we've let him go back to France, apparently, which um, yeah is is quite a, a, a good thing for us to do. I think it must be incredibly hard when you uh, just incredibly hard to be locked down anyway, I suppose. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. to be away from your uh, obviously uh, pregnant girlfriend. So yeah, congrats to them, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's helped basically allowing him to go back and yeah 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 why i was uh i don't know i know we talked about it like from a speculation point of view but that's kind of why i'm always a bit reluctant to go into too much detail on uh on unexplained absences and things like that and why i'm not going to be uh reading too much into into jack o'connell not playing this weekend as i'm oh, sure if you start with that. as soon as it happened oh i hope this is nothing bad it's like please please please, please stop this <laughs> Do we have to do this every time Jackie O'Connell doesn't start a game? Every time for someone us? decent doesn't start, Fleck, Fleck's not playing that say he's gone. Rangers are interested, you know. He's always, yeah. All that yesterday with the the thing, man. You you posted it me, which I did find. You know, when it said goodbye or whatever, and it were Henderson, Kieran Freeman, uh, and we're Leon. Like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Henderson's gone, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I know Henderson's. I just suppose Henderson's sort of. Um, it makes sense for him to be like, thank you, everyone at Sheffield United, because. As of right now, he is not our player. Like, he's gone back yeah. to Man United, and you know maybe there's something in the works that he is aware of, and we're not. But right now, he's no longer our player. So mm. a goodbye from him actually does make sense, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, do you want to give out your alternative man of the match before we move on? Yeah, it's for me. It's quite clearly the man, the legend, Leon. I, like I say, I think that I, I love the fact he got on. I love the, I love his new look. Uh, <laughs> I, I love. Uh, I just I wanted him to score, but yeah, you know what? I mean, I've talked about him almost like 
back in, in sort of mock, you know, out about without Leon Clark. But what a signing, realistically. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hundred grand from Borough, I think it were, uh, and he's 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 been. What I mean, that's got to go down as one of the best sort of monies, to, uh, you know, the, for what we've paid for him. So value for money signings. Uh, yeah. That we've ever made. He's been part of the big part of the journey in terms of League One. He was massive towards those last ten games for us. We all remember him in the first season with the, you know, obviously bouncing day and then banging four in at Hull and all this sort of stuff. And then even last season, you know, do, doing what he did for us in terms of being at Wigan. So yeah, That's massive, true. massive respect for him. So I'm going to have to give it Leon. I think. Yeah, it's a great shout. Game one, last run out in the Premier League. What, what did you? Uh, how did you react when it when it cut to him? With his, uh, you know, shirt on, ready to come on yesterday. I think I text about five people saying, "Leon, Leon, <laughs> Leon." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, absolutely loved it. I thought he would. I thought he would get a game. Um, I, I'd have. It, uh, no, no offense to Zikrovic, but I'd like him to have played up front with a Premier League quality strike to give him more of a chance of getting into the game. You know what I mean? But um, obviously, it didn't affect much. But yeah, absolutely delighted that he got out there. He's the oldest ever player, I think, to make his debut. I think. Uh, in Premier League history. That were at Liverpool uh, earlier on, obviously. I think that's right. So older than Chris Lachetti? Yeah, I think he beat the Chris Lachetti record. I think he's 35, Leon, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Getting one last run out in the Premier League. Yeah, both me and my dad both went, yes, as soon as it cut to on the bench. Um, I mean, you know, I don't think there's much room for sentimentality in this, uh, in the wilder United experiences there, but... It was uh, it was it was nice to see him get on one last time before he leaves. And Wilder's definitely got some sort of man love for him as well, and he, he made all the players give him a round of applause, didn't he, on the pitch after? He did indeed. Yeah, that's I'm I'm here for that. That's great. I, I you know, we we've obviously talked at length about how Leon is sort of still slightly, I think, his legacy is slightly underrated at United. Maybe you know, when mm-hmm. his involvement in those big moments that you mentioned. So yeah, I think, and he he has been here. Right the way through the journey, isn't it? There's not, yeah. you know, there's not too many players left that are like that who were. Uh... Well, when Kieran Freeman's going to leave, obviously, I mean, it seems a bit harsh that we're not mentioning him, obviously, especially with the season that he had in League One in that first season, mm. um, because of it, 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 very similar sort of player and how much they they did for us, and then obviously this is just a, a level too high for him. We've sort of progressed quicker than they could, you know, expect yeah. to catch up as well in terms of their own play, but. Yeah, I think Leon Clark, Kieran Freeman, even Simon Moore, if he leaves, you know, they'll always be welcome back, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. We will be doing a comprehensive player rating of uh, every player in the squad uh, in the next couple of weeks. So we will we'll definitely have some words to say about Kieran Freeman and uh, and the rest, I suppose, when, uh, yeah. I guess, as, as and when they uh, they depart Sheffield United. Um, He's played great more games for us now as well. Than any other team, Leon Clark, and he's had a lot of teams. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think he, he, what he must have must be like. We must be the club he scored maybe the second most goals for. Uh, just looking at the most, the most. The most. Twenty nine go. goals he's got, and he's the next best is Coventry twenty three. He's a blade, and he's a blade. I feel like yeah. five of them were uh, against us as yeah, well. Yeah, well, his record at Coventry is mate, twenty three and thirty four. Decent. Mm. Probably, he went to Wolves and got three and twenty nine, so I'll back down to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. My nomination for this week, uh, I have several. Um, first of all, shout out to Callum Robinson, Blades mm-hmm. Loney Extraordinaire. Obviously, spent the, the second half of the season at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, one promotion for West Bromwich Albion. Literally won it, by the way, with scoring uh, what proved mm-hmm. to be the decisive goal, even though they uh, they drew that game and he, he missed a bit of a sitter as well. Um, yeah. 
But the reason I want to mention it is I love this. I obviously uh, I follow some footballers on Instagram, as you do, and Callum Robinson is one. Uh, and he obviously partied fairly hard, professionally, I'm sure, <laughs> um, after promotion with West Brom. <clears throat> And uh, went to sleep in his West Brom kit. He posted yeah. a picture the next morning of him in bed, still wearing his muddy shorts and shirt from the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. game before. I love that. I thought that was great. Yeah, I'm sure some- I, I, yeah same here. My dad done. I watched it because I watched in the area. When he was celebrating, I went to the pub to watch the last game of the championship season. From a dad and her, he was like, he's our player, why is he celebrating? I like, shut up, lad. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dad doesn't half get a bad rap on this, oh, does he? Oh, he does, but... honestly, yeah, good job you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's great, that was proper, like, uh, you know, schoolboy footballer dream yeah, kind of thing. He's a very infectious character. When he first signed mm. for us, I remember, like, thinking, this guy's going to be amazing, like, in terms of just how he fits in, like, proper fans' favourite and stuff. And, mm. yeah, he's, he's, I love his interviews and stuff. Even when Bernie, when he did that sort of two-way interview, were fantastic. Yeah, it's good. And, uh, yeah, you know, more power to him. He's, uh, you know, this is the first time he's won promotion to the Premier League, obviously, um, having just made the jump with a transfer to us last season. And, uh, yeah, I don't don't know what's going on with West Brom, like the end of this season. I haven't dug into it, but pre-lockdown, when when Robinson was playing on the wide of a front, they were playing 4-3-3 and he was on on the left of that. They looked amazing. I watched them three or four times, specifically to watch Robinson. Yeah. I was like, wow, these are so good going forward. Um, and, and Robinson was playing really, really well. And then yeah. it seems like after lockdown, he, he played a couple of games, but then was out of the yeah, team. Played, and- I remember he played against Wednesday because uh, I listened mm. to Radio Sheffield and they were saying like Robinson looks a different player here. I think I mentioned it on here, in fact. And then mm. he, and they hammered Wednesday 3 0. It's not that hard. But, you know, <laughs> they hammered Wednesday 3 0. And, uh, and then obviously he just seemed to disappear again. And then he came back in. Weird, yeah. Yeah, I think they changed formation, Billage. Um, and then suddenly towards the end of the season, they obviously realised, like, oh, shall we try the thing that worked really well? And, yeah, although he was played centrally, actually, Robinson, in that last game. Um, yeah, he was. And looked yeah. really good. Uh, time will tell. We'll talk about him in, uh, in more detail later, uh, another time, obviously. But, um, he, I would say he is, at worst, an excellent championship player, uh, and that's kind of what he's shown while he's at West Brom. But, yeah, yeah I, I just I wanted to mention, because I like that, um, that sort of boyish happiness, uh, uh, yeah, going to sleep in your kit kind of thing. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, one other nominee, George Baldock. He played every single minute of the Premier League this season. How did that man do it? Without getting suspended or a red card, yeah. Insane. That, the angriest man in the Premier League. 3,420 minutes played, uh, only seven other outfield, excuse me, only six other outfield players managed yeah. to achieve that this season. Um, and yeah, you know, and it wasn't uh, like... Are other, sorry, are our other two players who were ever present, Basham and Stevens? Is, are they the only two? I think Stevens missed a game. Did he? Maybe Did not. I can't mm. remember. Anyway. Actually, no, because... Hmm, see, I remember before... He was injured the, like a couple of weeks before the Norwich game, the last game before lockdown. Yeah. And then he got injured again in that one. Yeah, he did. Then he got stretched off, yeah. And then he was obviously good to play again. I don't the think time. Basham's missed the game, has he? Because I think we'd have noticed that. <laughs> He's, yeah. Now, he started every single game, Basham. Yeah. Uh, why isn't this showing me? That's uh, the beginning of the season, actually. If we'd have said a predictions thing, you know, what players you think will play the most minutes. I don't know if many people would have said Basham and Baldock, actually. I guess with yeah, uh, Stevens did start every game. By the way, um, yeah, yeah. I guess with I guess with Baldock, it's not too much competition. I don't think we felt that Freeman was legitimate competition, did we? Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not just like 
you know, it's not like Bullock's just been, you know, kind of just there, like being fairly average all season. I think he's been solid, really, really good. Yeah, like not. You know, again, we'll do player ratings later. I don't think he's pushed into that sort of excellent category. If you no, like. I don't but, think he's a contender for player of the season or anything like that. But I don't think he's. I, I can't think of a bad game he's had off the top of my head. Very few. I mean, yeah, there's maybe a few times he could have, you know, used the ball a little bit better. But I think defensively yeah. he's been outstanding up against some really, yeah, you know, really good players as well this season. Obviously, um, I think he's. Done I think a great it's what job. we thought it was going to be like. Sorry, I also going to the player ratings as well soon. But I think he's, he's exactly sort of what we thought it'd be like. Really steady defensively, can work on stuff up from physically in the early part of the season. Remember that West Ham away game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, he had a couple of bad moments in the air and stuff, but he seemed to improve that a lot. To be fair, as the season went on, so yeah, two goals, four assists, not too bad. You probably would expect slightly more from that many mm. the opportunities that he gets forward, but no, so great effort by him. But my, I think my real nominee um, is you. Whoa, it, whoa! I did not expect this. This is <laughs> the, the, the double take then at the. <laughs> <laughs> the surely the the hardest working person in Sheffield United fandom at the moment who I mean no rest for you at all not only are you doing a podcast every three or four days but you you're banging out the pre post-match view froms you've still got your you've got your Wednesday pre-season one you've got the the West Brom fans views on Callum Robinson you know and you're doing a day job as well are you do you are you well, sleeping I'm doing a day job very yeah <laughs> 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 I'm might be here <laughs> Might not agree with that, but yeah. But now, I, to be honest, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I was like almost a little bit daunting before, like where am I going to fit this in and stuff. But it's actually sort of been quite good doing the view fronts and stuff as I'm sort of watching the, the football itself. You know what I mean? In the background, mm. like we're doing the, the the Southampton one yesterday with the Swansea Brentford game on in the background and stuff. But yeah, I really, really have quite enjoyed it in a way, and I don't think it's going to stop now because I think there's. I mean, I think there's going to be at least ten or eleven signings, aren't you? There has to be, I think. That sounds like loads, but I, I think we, we're certainly getting into... I mean, we need them. This that is what I mean. I was looking at, look at that bench yesterday. The, play, the players who are going to leave, if you want... I mean, it's going to be five subs again next season. But is that being confirmed? No, but it's 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 up for uh, it's up for approval, I think, or up for the clubs to vote on it. Yeah. And I, I can't see... I, I think we need at least 10 or 11 players just to make a squad up. Pretty much, yeah. Unless we, you know, unless we're thinking like Norrington Davies and Smith are up to scratch, but I mean, there's no, no indication that they are. To be honest, I mean, they've obviously mm. been playing in uh, League One and League Two. I think like all of uh, this season. So, yeah, I think I think that's definitely uh, definitely on the horizon. But yeah, I want to, uh, I definitely want to recognise the effort you've gone to. Particularly, you know, not just the not just the last six weeks or so, but season as a whole has been uh, another year of cracking view froms if, uh, if, if not yeah, honestly just, <laughs> <laughs> if not if not a little too much respect from the opposition um, yeah because... I think I think next season now we're not flavour of the month anymore uh, we'll get back to the uh, the bitter and biting comments I would have thought I think yeah I foresee a backlash in our future like you know I... uh, we've said this before I think teams are getting a bit they've been a bit upset I think towards the end of the season at how much praise we've got this season yeah. And I think that's going to bite us next season where people are going, everyone thought they were going to be amazing and they're rubbish. Yeah, yeah, I've already yeah. Seen yeah. It already. I, I'm doing the end of se- my, my own personal end of season awards, like the best fans and the worst fans and stuff. And I was looking around uh, just, you know, to try and gauge what they were saying at this particular moment in time. And fans are already saying they're going to struggle next season. So I was going to say, is it uh, do a shot every time somebody says second season syndrome? Oh, honestly. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I'm on Norwich board uh, because. Uh, 
Dave won a particular category. I don't want to give the game away. I know people are hanging on this and they don't want to spoil us, but Dave won a particular <laughs> category, so I want to see what they were saying now. And there was a thread saying Sheffield United had been found out. And in fairness to a lot of the Norwich fans, they did say, no, they could stop saying this. You know what I mean? Don't don't make any sense what, what you're saying. They've had a couple of bad games and that's it. So. Indeed. Well, that's that's for next season, uh, which we're, we've, we're still strayed into talking about, but we're, we're going to try and hold it. But yeah. yes, I think... You know, it's it's a, it's a strong field for the award this week. Callum Robinson, Leon Clark, George Baldock, and yourself. But uh, as, as the the deciding vote, I suppose I've, I'm going to give you the pat on the back you deserve. Oh, I think. Yeah, well, I'll dedicate it to Leon then. As well, that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a, a blades loving. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so that is the alternative man of match brought to you by the Den Blades fanzine. Uh, as mentioned before, it is a fantastic edition. Uh, the most recent one that's. That arrived uh, arrived last week for me. Has, has arrived this morning for you. I understand. Yeah, yeah, came through the dungeon about ten minutes before I came on. Uh, came, came on. Came on air. Uh, <laughs> started doing this podcast. It came through the door. So uh, give me a spring in my my uh, my very injured Achilles step. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Um, yeah, it's it's a great edition. Uh, there will be more great editions on the way. I think you can still pick this one up as well. And that is from denblades.co.uk. So do check that one out. Um, right, we mentioned several times, we don't want to think about next season too much without thinking about this season first. Mm. So let's just, uh, yeah, I want to just spend a little bit of time just uh, reflecting on the season that has, uh, has gone in, in not uh, super fine detail, because we're going to definitely do that on future podcasts. But finish ninth, 54 points, wasn't it? Yep, 54 points. Uh, eighth best home record, ninth best away record, scored 39, conceded 39, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Um, fourth fewest goals conceded, the joint 15th fewest goals scored, which is definitely an area to improve. Um, and yeah, as we mentioned, that really high, um, highest league finish since uh, 74 75 as well. Um, I mean, just thinking back, if you if cast your mind back to pre-season expectations mm. I mean we're, we're going to revisit our pre-season predictions for sure but did you ever foresee a situation where we would be a top 10 team in no the I, I saw a couple of fans before the season saying I fancy us for top 10 and I would sort of mm. laughing and like in the faces almost <laughs> you know mm. what I mean just like you idiot uh, it's the same way now when I see some of the players linked you know when we're like why don't we go for that uh, Callum Wilson like no that's not going to happen you know and the same with Berger signing and stuff like that I dismissed so I don't know anything basically but I, yeah I, I just it's incredible it really is I mean some people say oh, it's been a bit of an anti-climax because before lockdown we were seventh and now we're ninth so we've, we have dropped off there's no getting away from it but let, you know that that's not going to be remembered They're, these last three games are not going to be remembered when we look back at this season yeah, I mean, it's just so many great memories that we will absolutely talk about. But I just, I, th- I mean, I, I consider myself kind of optimistic as United fan. I think it's honestly, I, I blame if you like Chris Wilder for this. I just, mm. I, I think he's given us lots of reasons to be optimistic yeah. rather than pessimistic over these four years. I mean, obviously, you know, we we're in League One when he took over, and now we're a, a top ten Premier League team, so mm. that's pretty good grounds for optimism. But yeah, I, I, I thought we'd stay up, but I just, I did not. I, I, in my wildest dreams, foresee a season like this happening. I thought we'd be. I, I thought we'd kind of have the season that Brighton or West Ham have had. To yeah, be honest, yeah, where yeah, they're, yeah. They're, Brighton's probably a better comp. To be honest, where they're they're kind of down near the bottom for most of the season, and then right at the end they just pull away and they're they're safe with a couple of games to spare. I, I thought that was 
probably our best case scenario this season. Yeah. And obviously, I would have been absolutely over the moon with that as a as a United fan this season. But yeah, to to do what we've done is is remarkable. I mean, I remember at the start I, I think... of the season. One of the ahead, biggest, thing, biggest things for me is like the, the loving that we've had from the media, which I've never known as a United. We have definitely been. I know some people think we don't get the credit we deserve. I, I disagree. I don't think we'll ever see another season like that with everyone sort of just praising us. And yeah. we have been sort of behind Liverpool, the success story, haven't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that is a really good point, actually, because I think, um, you know, kind of, kind of justifiably, we feel as, as a fan base, I guess, to, to temporarily speak for the entire fan base, that, mm. you know, United... Definitely thought of as this prosaic team, just, you know, prosaic northern team, which is obviously perpetuated by uh, having Warnock as our manager for such a long time. I think, yeah. you know, I imagine a lot of outsiders probably think United, they think of Bassett and Warnock and yeah, pretty yeah. prosaic football, to be honest. And yeah, so to completely flip that script this season has been quite gratifying, I think, and yeah. very surprising as well. I, I didn't, I did not expect that level of loving for sure. Um, no, and it's not, I mean, some people say, well, you know, you only finished one place above Burnley or whatever, and, and, and we were what, one point in front of them by the end of something like that. But I just, the way we've come up and the style that we've played and, and everything else, just I think that I think uh, massive respect for Burnley, by the way. I'm not slagging them off, just using them as an example of a what, what did I call it? The the underdogs trophy that we won. Underdogs trophy, yeah. yeah. Did you, I use them as an example of like a team who are, are probably playing above themselves or, you know, getting the best at, at least out of what they've got. I think the way we've done it. It is possibly more impressive with the football that we've played and the, the the innovation of the tactics and the story of these players coming up from League One and what have you. I think it's been a yeah. So I mean, it's not a Leicester City scenario where they won the league. That's that were incredible, but I think it's a genuine, proper, feel good story. I think unless you're a, a Wednesday fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's another thing, isn't it? That um, not only how well we've done, but that we've. You know, we've done it by largely playing the same way that we played yeah. um, in previous seasons. I mean, all right, we dropped um, uh, we dropped the number ten, didn't we? So we we haven't had um, uh, we haven't had a, a Mark Duffy no. uh, either either literally or as a as a position. I guess we've gone to this flat of three, but largely we've played the same way. You know, that our approach to playing the game has been very yeah. similar. You know, we I think we have adapted to be. I guess more counter-attacking, more defensive when it's been yeah. required, but that's hardly surprising. But you know, it's not like we've been four-five-one every single game. You know, like just lump it to a target man or anything no, like that. Is I, it? I mean, what, what, what was the Andy Inchcliffe quote? Because I think that was possibly the best of the season. That where he said, "Although they are uh, defensively brilliant, they're not a defensive side." And I think that's been the majority. I do think the away game, the away sort of since lockdown, has, has definitely gone more towards trying to keep it tight and all this sort of stuff but overall we've had some you know incredible moments haven't we of attacking football as well as the defensive side yeah you know we've still had O'Connell getting to the byline Basham popping up in the six yard box all this kind of thing I I think that's one of the little strands that's been really really enjoyable this season is that we have we've stuck to the principles that got us where we are and uh, it's sort of one in the eye for those, um, you know, they get the centre-backs forward, they'll get annihilated kind of things. Well, look at us, yeah, we conceded yeah, yeah. 39 goals in 38 games. So, yeah. not too bad, really. Um, at, at, at what point did we realise we were good? Can you uh, can you cast your mind back? I've been looking down our, uh, our results for the season and I feel like I can probably pinpoint it pinpoint a little bit. The moment. I think... Just give me a second, because my memory is might be mis putting these in different places. But I think for me, 
Let me just double check this before I make a fool of myself. Um, that game first, yeah. I think for me it was that probably that three and all win it on to Burnley. I think those mm. three games: Burnley at home, Tottenham away, Man United at home. Yes. Those three were when we're like, hang on, we're actually decent. We're we're a genuinely genuinely good side. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what I was thinking. But I want to use just use that just to remind people that you know I think there were. I certainly had doubts about how good we were for quite a while here. So we, um, you know, got a brilliant draw at Chelsea at the end of August. Then we lost to Southampton. Excuse me, we lost to Southampton at it, home. It weren't the Southampton today, were they? Like they were struggling themselves at that point. It was yeah. That was maybe the week before they lost nine nil or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. And they'd just been hammered by Bournemouth at home as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, and then we won at Everton, but we were completely outplayed in that game. Yeah. Uh, then we lost at home to Liverpool, which was a little bit frustrating because we played quite well. Well, yeah. Yeah, we were really poor against Watford in a nil-nil draw. Then we won 1-0 against Arsenal, which was great. Got a one-all draw at West Ham. So two good results there. All right, we, you know, that is how I game. expected the entire season. I, yes. And maybe even next season. If I'm, I mean, I don't want to go into next season. I was saying this, but I think we might have to get used to that being next season as well, where we're going to have to grind out a couple of results, maybe not be at his best and all this sort of stuff. And that's how I expected the entire season to go. Maybe, what, two wins in six, two wins in seven or whatever, and mm. just try and get enough points to stay out of the relegation zone. And then those three came along after that, and it was like, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, definitely around there. I'm looking at that going, like, great win against Arsenal, really good point against West Ham. And then suddenly we go up 3-0 up at half-time against Burnley, completely outplay Spurs at, um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, really give Man United the runaround for most of that game. And then we go and draw at Wolves as well, where we yeah. were definitely the better team in that one. So I, th- I think it was around, I think, yeah, that Spurs game, uh, which I was in attendance for, uh, sat among the Spurs fans. I was just sat there going, oh my God, we are so good. Like, yeah. just look, you know, Moussa is giving Dyer the runaround. McGoldrick's just pulling them all over the place. We look fantastic on and off the ball. Really should have won that game. Obviously, the the VAR thing very significant in that one as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think that was the point. Um, do you know we actually had enough points to stay up after uh, after our twenty fifth game when we beat Palace away? Um, insane. That, is absolutely yeah. insane. that seems like a lifetime ago as well. That game kind of is, I suppose. So if we if we'd lost our last thirteen games in a row, we'd we'd probably still have stayed up. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably because you would have to add two points to Villa's total and three to Bournemouth if we'd lost all those games. Of course, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but certainly after our twenty sixth game, we had thirty nine points, and that was definitely enough to stay up. So if we'd lost our last twelve games in a row or, or done a Norwich, I suppose you could call mm. it, then mm. that would have been enough for sure. Um, the narrative seems to be that we have lost the last twelve games <laughs> going to like <laughs> certain quarters, but. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, just just an amazing season, which we're going to talk about in more detail. Um, I mean, I think the, the major disappointment for me in losing our last three games is that we, we fell two points short of having more points in the Premier League than Wednesday did in the Championship, yeah. despite them playing eight more games. So Once again, they get the bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. They go to the blue half of Sheffield, gutted. Uh, any any other comments you want to just mention about uh, about the season, just just in general terms? Before we no, I think it's one we're going to remember. I think it's going to everyone's going to remember this season for for bad circumstances. Obviously, what happened, but at the same time, it does whatever way you look at it, it does make it memorable, doesn't it? With the break and everything, completely unprecedented what happened, and we were a massive part of that. We're a massive part of a season that will be remembered for. It's, it's got to stand out this season, hasn't it? As, as what one of the most other than maybe when Leicester won the league, 
it's got to be the, the most sort of memorable season, even if it's for the wrong reasons for what happened and stuff and the, the comeback. And people are going to be looking back at this in years to come and saying, oh, I remember that season, you know, the COVID-19 season. And they're going to see us ninth in the league. It's, yeah, I'm really, really proud. And obviously it's been a really, I've said this before, it's been a really tough time for everybody uh, in these past few months. And all right, we've, we've gone off the boil. There's no doubt in it. Uh, we've, we've not been the same since lockdown. But that four-game run where we beat Chelsea, Tottenham, Wolves and then Drew with Burnley. I think that should lie. That, that that's just giving everyone that little more sort of happiness in a in a tough time, and we should thank them for that really. Because we talked about the the Tottenham and Man United thing just then. That 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 run we've had, I think that run matches it to be honest, and that's post lockdown. I mean, I, th- I think it's arguably better to be honest. I mean, look mm-hmm. at where those teams finished. So what? Chelsea finished fourth, uh, Spurs sixth, Wolves seventh, Burnley tenth. And yeah, we were brilliant against all of them, and yeah. ultimately just ran I think out of that, steam. That sort of got rid of it, and the fears have come back from certain people, obviously, because of the last three. But those four games, I think, for me, were sort of arguably giving me more pride than the ones at the, the the start of the season, because it was everyone had already written us off and said, oh, "Here we go, second season syndrome, nonsense," and you know they've been found out. And then to go on that run, I think that just proved that we were a top ten side. Yeah, for sure. Pride is definitely the uh, the word of this season. I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what much more we could have done. To be honest, with the circumstances and the players that we had, I think it's. Uh, Wilder, yeah. the, the best part Wilder said after the match was, "We have got the absolute maximum out of this group of players," and I think it, I think that is spot on. Yeah, and I think that's it's a bit bit lazy cliche, but that's some a lot of football fans say about their team. In it, it's like yeah. it's, all we want you to do is like just. Just give your all, basically, and then you know you, you'll sort of get a pass in a way. I mean, we might eventually want to replace you with better players, but that's like the that's kind of all we demand from you is that you you look like you care and try hard, and that's certainly what we've done pretty much to a man, I'd say, this season with with no little skill on top of it, and that's yeah. why we're a, a top ten Premier League team, and right? That, that is incredible. At this particular moment in time, whatever anyone says, whatever anyone like worrying about next season or claims from other fans that we you know our next season will be more we are the ninth best team in England and that, yeah. that, that is a fact and that is an incredible achievement because especially when it's an incredible achievement anyway considering we were in league one four years ago and how more difficult the Premier League is now than it ever has been that is an incredible achievement Absolutely. Uh, it will be hard to replicate but we will attempt to do it next season I'm sure and uh, I don't think Chris Wilder has finished uh, in a lower league position in Consecutive seasons, and mm. the one before, has he, something like that? No, this will be his most difficult one, well, on it, obviously. Yeah. To finish like eighth or well, ninth or whatever <laughs> next season. It's not left much wriggle room, has he? No, no. And, yeah, and, and uh, you know, the thing is about, I mean, oh, we're going on to next season. It's easy to do it. I've just been slagging people <laughs> off for doing it. But uh, you, everyone said they'll improve, they'll improve, they'll improve. There's not. A, we will definitely have a better squad on paper next season. Yes, agree. Yeah, I know. I, I think people. It's, it's a little bit similar to. Um, you know, when people say like, "Oh, we didn't have the squad for Europe anyway," it's like, "Well, well, no, but obviously we're going to sign some players." Yeah, we're going to have Leon Clark up front next season, like again. Yeah. You know what I mean? AC Milan away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Right, let's just take a very quick break, uh, and then we're going to talk about next season some more in uh, one final thing before we finish off. So, yeah, back in a moment. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. 
Glistening kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers, or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, as it is Monday, the twenty seventh of July, the uh, the transfer window is now open, which means it's time to uh, time to sign those players that we were talking about the the ten or eleven players that we'll need for next season. Um, I wanted to just finish off with uh, just trying to pick a few players that you would like us to nick from the relegated teams, which are of course mm. uh, Bournemouth, Watford, and Norwich, Aston Villa. Yeah, what was it? I sent you this earlier, didn't it? Villa, I think Villa won two of their last fourteen games and stayed up. Like this, is, uh, right? Let me just give a bit of a rant here. I've just, I've heard people talking about Villa, like, and I understand it. They've got lots of money. I understand they probably are going to be. They are going to be better next season. People are saying Villa are going to be a force next season. They're, they're not a good side. They, they might have as much. They could have how much did they spent two hundred million or whatever it was when they came up. Realistically. I think they need seven first teamers to to be anything like uh, uh, anything below anything above like lower mid table next season. I don't understand this sort of weird just because they're called Villain, they've got a lot of money that they're going to be unbel- like miles better. How many points to be finished in front of them? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. They got thirty-five. They're going to need seven players for me. Six, seven players to to make that up on us. And it might happen. Um, I'm not saying it's not going to, but I just and look, I'm, you might be quoting this next season saying, "Oh, you were wrong. Villa were fantastic." For a start, I think they need a better manager. But I think the miles behind us. I really, really do think the miles behind us. And you can have as much money as you want, but you're starting from such a poor position that anyway, that's me. That's yeah. my, that's my rant of the day. <laughs> it, it was two wins in their last fourteen, by the way. I mean, I really, I really think they've stayed up just because everyone else was so bad in yeah. the end. I mean, Villa should have gone ages ago. Let's be honest, realistically. Yeah, they finished on 35 points and uh, yeah, all it took was a uh, a win against a Palace team that uh, absolutely DGAF and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then Arsenal who uh, are in my bad books basically for somehow failing to yeah. turn up in that one game. I think and that was it, two I wins. Mean, the, the way I'd see it is, well, we're going on to this now, but you'll look at the two squads. I, I can look at Watford's squad and say, right, I'd have him, 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 I'd have him. I'd have him. I look at Villa's squad and there's probably Grealish and McGinn who walks into our team off the top mm. of my head. And I think Watford are a far, far, far better side than Villa. And, and I think they've sabotaged their own season. They have. And they yeah, they deserve to go down for that, I think, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm segueing all over the place here, but I do wonder if you're a Norwich fan, if you look at Villa and go... 
Hang about, they only won nine games all season. They only got 35 points and they stayed up. Like, couldn't we have just tried a little bit harder yeah. <laughs> than we would have stayed up ourselves? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I feel like that would gall me a little bit if I was a, a Norwich fan to just be like, come on, were Villa really better than us? That I think much better than the us country, judging by the neutral thing. And a lot of people hate Villa because they're a big club. I understand that. It's easy to, to hate the bigger clubs. But I think a lot of people are saying they've got to be one of the worst sides to ever stay up in Premier League history. Nine wins out of 38 games. They lost 21 times. Yeah, it's, it's not good. I mean, we Less won more than that. We went down under Warnock. Yeah, yeah, and I think we won 10 games that season as yeah. well. Um, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty remarkable, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I suppose you have to say fair play for dragging themselves out of there. But ultimately, Bournemouth and Watford talk about yeah annihilating your own chances, I suppose, in the last couple of the last six weeks or I think so. Um, in particular, were after lockdown, after they beat Liverpool three, you know, everyone's like, "Yeah, they'll be fine now." And then mm. they had a couple of bad results, and once again, panicked or whatever they did. You know, what idiots! They, they'd have been yeah. absolutely fine if they'd have kept the first manager. They'd have probably finished about fifteenth. I completely, very, very strongly feel that way. Yeah, I think they, they were absolutely fine at the start of the season. I know they were not getting the results, but the performances were there. Yeah, they were creating so many chances, just. Like they just couldn't finish for some reason. I, I think remember just... playing Arsenal when they drew 2-2, and it honestly should have been about 8-2. Yeah, yeah. They, they were absolutely fine. They just shot themselves in the foot multiple times. They've run out of feet in which to shoot, it turns out. <laughs> um, now, this is a hard challenge, this one, but I said to you, three players you'd like us to realistically nick from the relegated teams. Like, I'm not saying we need to go out and buy three players from teams that have got you know finishing the bottom three because that's n- not necessarily a good way to success. But a talking point. Yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to get started? I found this quite difficult to do actually. Having really said this, difficult. Too. Norwich in particular. I'll start with Norwich. That's really difficult because I, I think Max Aaron's and stuff like that are, re- are probably unrealistic. To be honest. I but think. also, would you take him over? Bulldog? No, I won't want to spend money on him, put it that way. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to do it in a, in a way where it's not necessarily the, the best players. It's players that we would improve us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've gone Buendia. Yeah. I think he would be a really good signing. I think he, he'd be good for us. I've gone Campwell, who I'm not completely sold on, to be completely, uh, to be honest at all. I think he improves oh, yeah. the squad. I think he's a decent player. I'm not, But I'm struggling, to be honest there. And I went as a bit of a wild card, Zimmerman. Uh, who's been injured a lot of the season, and I think he'd be all right for a, like a backup. But I'm struggling with Norwich, to be honest. Did you, wait? Did you pick three from each team? Y- yeah, sorry. Wow, no, no wonder you were struggling. <laughs> yeah, I struggled to get three. <laughs> yeah, I struggled three to get three teams, combined. Sorry, that's what the. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sorry, nine, but we need ten players. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, three from each. That I guess is most of the way there. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sold on Cantwell, to be honest. Either sort of. I know. I know he scored more goals than most of our. In fact, I think he's probably scored more goals than. Any of our players, this yeah, season, I think but... it's a decent player. I'm just not. It might turn out to be fantastic. I'm just not as solid as other people. Yeah, same. I don't. I don't totally see where he'd fit in our team either. Mm. To be honest, um, well, apart from the bench, to be honest, right now, yeah, uh, I, I agree with Wendier. He's, he's probably the this one of the standout names, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's fully aware by now. Only, uh, only De Bruyne has created more chances per ninety in the mm. entire Premier League this season. Always looks good when I see him. He's the kind of player we don't have, you know, a sort of tricky, creative player. Um, again, not totally sure how he fits into our team, but mm-hmm. I think this, you know, I think this is a, a move that we should be looking to make next season is to try and fit players like that, try and get players like that and fit them into our team. So, yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, age is obviously uh, skewing towards the, the, the right end of the 20s yeah. for us as well. So, 
I like him. Uh, what do you think of David Brooks rejoining the Blades? My problem with Brooks is he the injuries, simply just the injuries. Every time I've seen him since he's come back after lockdown, I think he's been taken off and he's looked ineffective. Really risky. I don't think it's a risk Wilder will take, put it that way. My counter-argument is that the injuries might be what pushes him into an affordable bracket. That is true. Us. That is true. Um, I mean, look, it's one... It's one injury, isn't it? This is the thing. It's not like he, you know, it keeps doing his knee or anything like that. Yeah. It's this, uh, it's this Achilles injury that they didn't get right. And Bournemouth is, um, I think Tyrone Mings actually said it. They manage injuries terribly over the last couple of years, haven't they? Mm. Um, and and this is another one with Brooks because it was initially, you know, it happened on the, I think, right at the start of the season when it was like a week before the start of the season, and the expectation was that it would be out for like two or three months or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missed most of the season, didn't I? Yeah. Missed most of the season. He'd missed all the season, I think, pretty much, wouldn't he, if it weren't for the lockdown? He absolutely would. And, and to be honest, as you kind of mentioned there, I mean, they might have been better served not playing him, to be honest. I get the desperation. You know, I mean, look, mm. if they'd won one more game, they would have stayed up. But he, I, I watched most of Bournemouth's games post lockdown, actually, um, and specifically to watch Brooks. And yeah, he. he absolutely faded or was ineffective in a lot of them but there is also the flashes you know I think the first game back against Palace I know they lost that like 2-0 or something but yeah. e- easily their best player um, I'd take him back definitely I think um, I don't think he'd I'd be surprised if they got too much more than they paid for him now yeah, to be honest yeah I think I think they're going to be struggling to get yeah to, to get the money back from him really with the injury Man United Tottenham are surely not going to bother taking a chance at him now surely I don't see it. I could see maybe you know Everton or Newcastle, someone like that, mm. swinging a bit of money at him. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not so busy getting for ten or twelve million, but I, I don't think it'd be masses more. To be honest, you know, with that injury history, with well history, you know, with, with the fact he's missed most of the season, yeah. with the fact Bournemouth have got relegated, mm. um, I would I would absolutely take him back. I'd, I'd love to have him back at Bromley. And I know there's a bit of that like oh, bladey bladeness kind of thing. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Well, it was third on my list. Obviously, I thought we were doing three, and I've gone Brooks in third. Ryan Fraser second, hate the man, but mm. obviously a really, really good footballer, isn't I? Um, and on a free transfer, it's not going to happen. But you know, I'm trying to be realistic slash dreaming. Uh, but I've mm-hmm. gone actually as a, maybe a realistic one, Josh King. Yeah, I got Josh King as well. Go on, tell I, me what I, you think. I really like him. Every time I've seen him, I really like him. He, did, he offers something that we definitely haven't got as well. Um, mm. He obviously. He's, he's not had the best season like the rest of the Bournemouth players, but he's still chipped in me a few goals. I think he's got more goals than anyone else in our team this season. Um, and he's got like... Sorry. Go, I was going to say, he's not actually played that much, I don't think. Um, Just looking now, he's got six in 26 this season. Yeah, in terms of minutes, I, d- I don't feel like he's played all that much, actually. I'm just trying to bring that up now. Uh, yeah, he's played, played 2,000 minutes, so yeah, it's half the season. Yeah, six goals, four assists in... His goal record's pretty decent in the Premier League. He's got 16 in one season, 8, 12. 6 this season. I think there's a lot of factors behind that. Bournemouth being terrible being one of them. I think it'd be a decent sign. I'm not sure how much it costs or whatever, but I imagine he will be leaving Bournemouth. Yeah, surely. And I think, you know, I think if he had to pick between the two, I'd probably rather have Callum Wilson, but I think Wilson will be out of our yeah. bracket. Someone else will be I after him. I think someone else um, looking at a... I don't know if Newcastle starts spending money or even West Ham or someone like that, you know, lobbying 80 grand at him or whatever. Mm, yeah, indeed. <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah, I like uh, I like Josh King as well. We're, we're obviously going to be very short in uh, in bodies up front um, when this season ends. Uh, I think we will be 
uh, trying not to rely on Sharp and McGoldrick as much next season mm. would be my guess. Um, so yeah, he's I know he's 28 now, but you know I, I still think that's. I think you've got at least three good seasons out of him. He might be even coming to his prime, aren't he? Yeah, although uh, we would need to probably update the uh, he's Norwegian song. Yeah, for, uh, that's very for true. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, well, honestly, yeah. if we signed him, I think that'd be a great signing. I'm not sure what kind of suit is he'll have. Or what do you think? I think he's. I think that we should be in for him. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he was. I'd be surprised if a team that finished higher than us in the table. I was interested in him seriously. Yeah, just looking, just like looking through the squads that they have. I and I suppose this is where the Villa it. factor comes in as well, because you talk about Wilson and King and people like that. I can also see him at Villa. Oh God, we've got a whole summer of gone to Villa gone again. To Villa, we? yeah, but they can't gone sign to Villa part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully, they leave some scraps for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, th- this is total wildcard territory. Gerard De La Feu, Watford. I've got him in second place here just because he would have been first, but I just don't know if it's realistic. Yeah, I think, uh, I imagine... seven Watford players if we could. Saar, Decore, but I don't think they're realistic neither. Yeah, you know, Decore is one I I do like, um, but again, I don't know where he fits in our team. Mm. Like, having having invested... Sorry, that's not the right way to put it. Having invested so much money in Berger, I can't yeah. see us spending big on another central midfielder. I mean, we need, no, I we need bodies, I'm but... I'm just purely... Yeah. Well, funnily enough, the one I have gone for, because I, I third place Ben Foster, I just thought, we need a goal left, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I, I quite like him for a season, maybe a free transfer, if they want his wages off the book. Delefeo second, and this, I don't know about that. I've always think he's a very Sheffield United player. He's Will Hughes. Yeah, he's, he's one I looked at. He's, he's had a decent season for him. And he's young. He's another one who's younger than I thought. So he's only 25, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I see... I, I I could see him playing for United, definitely. He's um, very de- play. I mean, I went on the Watford forums, obviously, like when I get in the view from... They all love him. They they say he's been their best player this season. He's the only one who's mm. all season's been as consistent all the way through. So I think that'd be a really... I mean, I think he can play on... He could play like the Lundstrom role, can I, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Delafeu, though, just to return to him quickly, I imagine he is on a lot of money. Uh, he was obviously yeah. a Barcelona player previously. He's got a big yeah. old contract, doesn't expire for three more years. Um, obviously got a serious injury at the moment, but um, yeah, he's, he's he's absolutely class. I think he... I think he might go um, abroad. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, is this too bold a take? Is he the best player out of all three relegated teams? I think so. I love him. I absolutely love watching him play. I don't, again, I don't know how he'd fit in with us, because I don't know what his... His dirt yeah. race like and all this sort of stuff, and it weirdly in and out of the Watford team all season, aren't they? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, I... but yeah, I think out of the realistic ones, uh, I, I probably I, I would be happy with use. I don't see it happening because of the John Swift signing, to be honest. But well, that's it's a very neat segue that you have deployed right there because yeah, in in, uh, in talking about Hughes and that kind of Lundstrom role, obviously, uh, yeah, John Swift is um, very strongly linked with us. Uh, a Reading newspaper said that they. Uh, expect to have it wrapped up and potentially announced last week it was yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. now that the transfer window is open i would yeah expect that to to come through that's um i'm, I'm all in on that signing that's i think that's a really it's particularly the amount of money that um is being quoted which is just a couple of million i think that's an excellent signing as a as a squad player i mean you know with with potential to uh i guess fill in that right side of midfield role but he's he's another one i've always thought looked absolutely absolutely brilliant every time i've seen seen him play and uh, yeah. I think a lot of Reading fans thought he was their player of the season but they've given it to a goalkeeper instead 
Yeah. Um, the, cons- the conspiracy is that it's gone to the goalkeeper because uh, Swift is leaving. So, well, I've got the view from lined up from already, and the, and the general feeling I think is that he, I think the the, the positive is he is their best player, uh, definitely more skillful, and he's had his best season. The people who are against him say he doesn't have the energy or the work rate or anything like that, but I, he will. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, yeah, uh, one team is going to bring it out of him. Uh, some of the people yeah. comparing him to Norwood as well, which I don't, I don't think they're anything alike. But no. they, they might know more than I do. They've seen both players, but yeah, they're saying he'll never displace Norwood. It's like well, he's not not going to be playing that role. So no, God, he's, he's much more of an uh, like higher up the pitch type player than uh, than Norwood. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll obviously talk about him more if uh, if he it does indeed sign as uh, as is kind of reported. But yeah, that's uh, that will be a, a good one for us. I think just you know tick that one off as a, another body to uh, to to fill the squad. I think for the price was being Talked about it's a no-brainer as well. Even if we, I think we make his money back on him. Even if he don't play a game this season, to be honest. Yeah, pretty much for sure. Um, and did you have any other players on your little short list of relegated teams? There, no, or? that were it. I think this is what I mean with Villa. Actually, I found it much easier other than Norwich. I found it much easier to pick out Bournemouth and Watford players than I would have if Villa had gone down to, for instance. Yeah, it's yeah, it's strange. They've. I almost want to commend them for staying up, but then at the same time, I'm like. I don't know how good an achievement that was. I mean, I suppose I mean, we would have said... Watford and Bournemouth have, have been in this division a while, so they've obviously got bigger squads than Villa and better squads than Villa. They've mm. got, obviously got players that have, have been there and done it, and for whatever reason, they've ever had a bad season, or like in Watford's case, just sabotaged their own season with ridiculous decisions. <laughs> so it's not. It's, it's understandable they're going to have better players than Villa and Norwich and stuff, but yeah, I think Watford in particular should have been nowhere near that relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, they finished 7th last year, didn't they? And then just, oh, dear. Oh, I know it's coming now. Yeah, I'll be us next year. <laughs> <laughs> Sack Wilder after finished... four games or whatever. Bring uh, so... bring Atkins back for a bit. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we finished two point two places below 7th, so what are we going to finish? We're going to finish 21st next season. Yeah, we're going to finish below bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> what like I say, I've, I've debated this before with a couple of people, that I, I think they're... <sighs> They should be nowhere near relegation. I don't think you can look at Watford as a as a typical case. No, I'm with you. Right, let's uh, let's leave it there. I think the next thing we're going to do next time next week, uh, we're going to give out our season awards, which will include things like best game, best player, best moment, uh, and yeah, lots of other fun categories as well as a way to reflect in uh, specific detail on the season that's just gone. But yeah, there it is. 2019-20 is in the books. The Blades finished ninth. An unbelievable achievement, really. And uh, yeah, I I can't wait to uh, to see where we go next on uh, on the journey, I suppose. And it's going to be an interesting seven weeks of pre-season ahead and then uh, rock straight back into it. Can't, yeah. uh, I, I can't wait. I do, you know, like I say, I want to make sure we appreciate and reflect on the one that's finished. But... I'm already pretty excited about next season. It's, yeah, I it's... think the signings are going to be starting very, very soon. I mean, Wilder said he got a couple of bids in for players, didn't they, already? I don't mm-hmm. Obviously, we're all talking about Swift. We don't know who the other one, other ones are, do we? I don't think, really. Maybe it's two bids for Swift, just to make sure. Two bids for Swift, yeah. yeah. Well, no, in fact, Callum Wilson and Sigurdsson. <laughs> yeah, it's like on eBay when you stop. No, it's the other way around. When you're selling something on eBay. <laughs> we're undercutting each other instead. That would be... Uh... <laughs> Clever way to get in the market. Not that clever. Anyway, um, 
where can people check out all the many fine view froms that you've created this season, including the final one? In fact, have you put have you put together a, a playlist of the view froms? Yeah, well? Well, on S two forum, I always put a song that sums up the uh, the 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 mood of the game, and uh, got criticised by someone actually saying stick to the view froms. Your music taste is appalling. So, oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even put right said Fred in. So, uh, <laughs> one of my favourites. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, www.royviewfrom.com or at Panchero. Or if you go on the S2 forum, I've linked to a playlist of songs that sum up the season. Mostly happy songs, actually. So yeah. that continues next season. Well, it has been a good season, so I think happiness is very much, uh, very much the, the the music that should go with it for sure. Nice one, mate. Right, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. So this is a break from football, uh, a, a, a sort of uh, a scheduled break this time instead of a, a two month mm. shutdown break. So. Yeah, no, uh, no, no rest for us apart from the fact we won't be tuning out a podcast every three days. We'll probably yeah. go to uh, weekly instead, I think. But yeah. I imagine not only with the shortened uh, break between season, sorry, with the shortened break between seasons, we will have uh, plenty to talk about, as you say, as um, transfer activity ramps up. And then, yeah, we'll we'll have all sorts coming up with the fixture list. Will be coming out. Mm-hmm. I imagine we're playing some friendlies, which unfortunately we won't be able to go to. I suppose, yeah. although. No, definitely not. Um, and maybe fans back in in October. Let's, as, hope, uh, let's also get back some sort of normal life. But it would it would be nice. Cool. All right, mate. Thanks as always for your time. I'll uh, I'll catch up with you later. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today. Get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 